Hey there, everybody. Uh, that's right. It is another episode of Talking Schmodown. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am so excited to be here for another episode. Uh, it's going to be a good one, man. There, there's some great matches, some uh, announcements that have been made, all kinds of interesting stuff has gone on, and uh, I'm really uh, excited to get into it, so I hope you guys are too. Alright, so this is episode number 47, and uh, I'm going to get into some announcements from the chairman, uh, a new little segment that I've got going on here. Uh, so Christian Harloff uh, came out and announced that uh, title matches speed rounds uh, will now have 10 questions with 60 seconds to answer them. Yes, uh, so instead of the, the normal uh, you have five questions and you have to buzz in, uh, now it's going to be 10 questions, 60 seconds total. Uh, same questions for both competitors. So it's one competitor at a time. They answer their 10 questions. They get their 60 seconds. They try to answer the 10 questions as many as they can. Uh, and then the other competitor comes in. Um, I'm not 100% sure how. Uh, they, you know, he's kind of talking about, you know, dropping people out and, and, and so that they can't hear and having them on the phone with somebody from the production so that they're not uh, cheating in, in, in any way. Um, but it'll it'll be interesting. There'll be no buzzers or anything like that. So uh, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how this goes. Uh, and then the other announcement that he made was uh, well, there's actually technically I guess you could say there's uh, four altogether. But um, uh, the winner of the Star Wars tournament will officially play Alex Damon at Spectacular this December. So you know once you know next week once the finals. For the Star Wars uh, tourney are done, you're gonna have to wait almost six months, pretty much, in order to get you know to the to the actual title match. So, which kind of kind of sucks a little bit, but I get it. Um, you know, with the way things are going, who knows what kind of other events where they're even gonna like big events are gonna even have. Um, you know, just because of the fact that it's all online. So, unfortunately, that's kind of the way that it's gotta be. Uh, it will be sad to have to wait six months to see that title match but uh, i do understand where where he's coming from uh, he also announced that the uh, roca versus Irwin number one contender match uh, is aiming for july 31st so uh you know they got just over a month hopefully they're aiming for that date it's not you know completely set but that, that's what they're shooting for and he uh even went on i think it was either today or, or late yesterday and said that he's that they have Think that they have found a way to do the teams uh, matches online virtually. So uh, he didn't go into detail or anything about how. Uh, so I'm excited about that. that. Was the one thing that I was worried about? It's like, are we not going to see any teams matches because it's limited? You know, if you're on if you're on like Streamyard, for instance, you can only do six people. Uh, but I think if you use like Zoom, you can do a lot more. So maybe they're going to do something like that. And if this this new speed round thing where they have to drop people completely out of the stream, if that works, then maybe something like this will actually work where you know they can they can drop out and then confer. Or, I, don't, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all all shakes out. I'm probably going to have to alter it a little bit here and there, but uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how it all turns out. Uh, so I also want to talk a little bit about backstage. Uh, backstage is I, I I've always said this I, I love this show it's so good. Um, this week we had a lot of great guests on. Uh, ben hosting uh, Roka came in a little bit late. Um, then we had uh, so we had Eric Zipper was on the show. Uh, RB three and uh, Ace uh, Cabrera was on the show. Andrew DiMolanta. Uh, and Paul Oyama all made appearances, you know, talking about, you know, the Schmodown, about things going on uh, in their lives and stuff. Um, ben mentioned uh, that the whole Roca-Irwin thing happening and that he's got a number one contender match uh, owed to him after he lost his title. Uh, and then also, you know, with Dan being the champ, that the three of them, the three, like, main contenders from the Finstock Exchange may not be in this upcoming singles tournament. Uh, and I mean, obviously Dan, you know, as a champ, he's not going to be in it, but, but seeing Roca and Ben not be in this 36 person, uh, tournament is kind of crazy to me personally. Um, I think that both of these number one contenders matches need to take place 
before the singles tourney. Uh, I'm not sure when he's got the singles tournament planned for. Obviously, he's going to probably wait until after, you would think, until after the, uh, the, maybe after the IG, but I don't know, because with the Star Wars tournament ending, it kind of opens up some space. Maybe they'll start doing some more Twitch stuff. Maybe they'll start putting singles matches on Twitch. I, I don't know. I don't know what their plans are for that. But I think that it, I really think, that these two number one contenders matches need to happen before this tournament. That way, whoever loses gets the opportunity to be in the tournament. Um, now, I don't know if so. Okay, so we got Ben having you know being owed a number one contenders match. You got the Roken Irwin one. So I don't know if it's like okay, Roken Irwin happens and then that person faces Dan and then Ben. And whoever face off, and then that you know that person faces the the, the winner of the like I, I don't know exactly how it's going to break down, but I think that some of it at least should happen so that it should happen before this tournament so that they can at least still at least maybe one of them have the opportunity to be in this tournament. Uh, ben does great in in these tournaments, and it would be sad to see him not in there. Same with Roca, uh, or you know, or even. Ethan Irwin, if Roka, you know, goes on to win that that match, and same with Ben, I don't know who Ben would be facing, but yeah, I I think it would be a missed a missed opportunity to have that. I mean, with a big thirty six person tournament, I mean, I I think it would be, I, I think it would be a missed opportunity. Uh, you know, so like I said, Zipper came out and he mentioned that he's roommates with Mark Andreco. I had no idea. I thought that was really cool. Thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, as as a they seem like a weird, you know. So like we we have him, we have Andreco and Snyder as the odd couple. I, I mean, I think Andreco and, and Zipper seem like an odd couple as well. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting to find out. Um, then when RB three was on, he talked uh, a lot about how current Schmodown podcasts have been disrespecting Ace, and he singled out the Schmodown rundown. Um, I, I I catch. It once in a while, you know, it's a great show. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on. I used to, I used to listen to it all the time, but I haven't. In general, uh, I kind of don't listen to much podcasts anymore. Just in general, I don't have a lot of time because uh, I'm doing a lot of other stuff. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but you know. But I have noticed that uh, some other Schmodown podcast type things do kind of throw some shade. You know, they're. And it's not necessarily throwing hate at Ace, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of it is it's they don't think he's got it, and they're real vocal about it. Now, seeing what Ace has done in these two matches so far, uh, you know, winning he's two and zero in in Star Wars, the only person to ever do that. Um, I may have underestimated him, uh, but I never once, you know, threw hate at him. And uh, I, I never once thought he's just going to get wiped out here. Now, I'm I'm going to say this: I do not think uh, that he's going to win against Laura Kelly. I think he could win, but I just don't quite think he's there yet. But I think he's got the potential, and I think he will be a force in Star in the Star Wars division. Um, it also probably doesn't help that I am a huge Laura Kelly fan. And I'm, I've been rooting for her I, I, to take the entire tournament, anyways. So maybe I'm a little biased when it comes to that. I don't know, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, people see kind of like these new people kind of coming in, these untested individuals coming into to a division like this, and they just they just kind of throw shade all over the place. You know, kind of for, forgetting that these are people too. You know, uh, so guys, chill out on that. Um, then Dimalanta comes back on the show. Uh, he was on last week, and he's always he's always great having on. He, he he's got such passion for this game, and and I love seeing what he's been bringing to it over the last few weeks. Um, and then they asked a few questions of one another, and I kind of wanted to bring them up a little bit. One of them was, "Should answers be quote specific if it's not a quotes question?" So if the question isn't asking specifically for a quote, 
should it be super specific to that quote? Like, for instance, the um, the, the clerk's question where they ask uh, about, I believe it was uh, Dante's favorite installment, and he says, he said the quote is Empire. And I believe the question asks, what does he say? Um, so it can be interpreted that way. So really the question, yeah, so like I said, the question is, should those types of things be, quote, specific? Um, and I think if it's not asking for what a specific character said, um, if it's just like, what was, in Clerks, what is Dante's favorite Star Wars movie? And you say, Empire Strikes Back, okay. But if you're saying, what did he say it was? He says Empire. Yeah, um, and that should be the correct answer. Now, whether or not you say that saying Empire Strikes Back is incorrect, I, I that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother ball game. Um, probably not, but like something like saying just Empire should definitely be correct because that is what he says. Um, so that that's kind of where I land on that. Uh, I'm curious to what you guys think. Uh, hop on to you know you hop on Twitter uh, at uh, Merc or at Movie Blog Merc. You can see it right down at the bottom, uh, scrolling across there. Follow me on Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. Um, you can also hop on to uh, right here on YouTube if you're if you're watching the live stream or if you're if you're watching it later on on YouTube. You can hop in the comments or even. On on uh, Anchor, uh, movie blog Merc, you can leave me a voice message. So what are your thoughts on this whole quote-specific thing? I'd, I'd really like to hear your thoughts. Uh, the other question that popped up was, uh, should consecutive title defenses be awarded an extra faction point? Now, what this would mean is, so you win a title, you defend a title. Okay. Then you defend it a second time. Should you get an extra point for your team? Um, you know, it's kind of you know a it's essentially a bonus for being so good. And actually, when they brought this up, I, I started thinking about it, and I think that would be a great extra like little thing to add to this game. You know, you've got someone who is that good, who's able to keep a title for you know at win a title match at least three times in a row because you'd have to win the title, defend the title, and defend it again in order to get that extra point. I think that deserves an extra point, personally. Um, now, yeah, we would probably be getting extra po points from, uh, like, Alex Damon all over the place. If, uh, But, you know, when you look at something like... Because they brought that up. They, you know, Alex Damon, you know, that team would be getting all kinds of points. But if you look at it, he doesn't play often. He's not playing until December <laughs> during Spectacular. So it's not like they're racking up points with, with a rule like this. Um, and it's a lot harder to do in any other division. It really is. So I think this would be a really interesting thing to put into place to see who can actually do this in, in, in sick fashion. And, uh, and and continue to keep a belt like that. I I think it would be really fascinating. Um, maybe maybe like maybe they won't do that this year. I don't know, especially with all the craziness going on. Um, but uh, at minimum, I think next year they should definitely implement this. I think uh, I I think it's a fascinating little extra uh, to see. I'll, again, hop on to uh, the various social medias and and whatnot, and let me know your thoughts on that. Uh, and then the final question that they asked of us was, who should take over as the manager of the Droobs? Now, obviously, we recently saw Brandon Hanna throwing his hat in the ring, who I, if you listened to the show last week, you know I do not think that he should be uh, the the manager of the Droobs. He, he's too self-involved, uh, at least character-wise. I'm just I'm saying character-wise because he's obviously – playing this character hard and he's far too self-involved to really be an effective manager in my opinion and we saw that with what he did with ken you know he made it all about himself and he didn't you know he he, he kind of dragged ken through the mud and that's not what a good manager does so i 
definitely don't think it should be him. But they recommend, a fan actually recommended Matt Nost. Um, I love Matt Nost, don't get me wrong. But again, I don't think he would have quite have the passion for it that's needed um, for, for a job like this. Uh, then Roca goes on and says, uh, Rachel Cushing, who I think that's a fantastic idea. You know, you could see her versus, uh, Sam, like, factions going against each other, and, and she knows this game. She has passion for the game. And I think being a manager would probably be easier on her than, than when she was playing. You know, a lot of, you know, she had a lot of stuff going on. And I get that. Um, I think she would make a fantastic manager. Whether or not she wants to, I don't know. But, uh, again, hop on various social medias. Again, you can, uh, right down there, my Twitter handle, at MovieBlogMerk, uh, on Anchor, anchor.fm slash MovieBlogMerk, and right here on the, the YouTube stream, you can also uh, answer this question. Who do you think should take over for the Droogs? All right. And now we are going to hop into the first match. And that is Andrew the Hunter DiMolanta versus Magic Molly Damon in a round two Star Wars tournament match. What a fantastic uh, match this was. Two, two amazing competitors. My favorite thing about these matches being virtual, uh, you get to see, you know, so you got, you got Christian up there, you got, you got Mark up there, but you also get... Mark's dog Molly just lounging, lounging in the recliner behind him, and I I loved that throughout this match. Just kind of like peering up at Mark's camera and just seeing the dog there. It was one of my favorite parts of of the whole thing, and has been in some of the other ones when that when she's been there. Um, so with this match, you know Andrew is he's a machine now, man. He's laser focused, and it's impressive to see. Uh, but that's not taking anything away from Molly Damon. She is a force in this. And that's, it, sure, pun intended. It really wasn't intended, but we're going to go with it. Um, but it's it, it was a, this is definitely the match that I wanted to see on this side of the bracket. Um, I, I think that Molly has, I mean, obviously being married to Alex Damon, being in the house with Alex Damon, studying with him. You know, you get and be, you know, she, she, on Star Wars show, she, she's entrenched in Star Wars. She loves Star Wars. But you can actually see quite, you know, you can see holes in, in the things that she prefers and the things that she knows about it. Um, and I think Andrew picked up on some of that stuff as well. You can kind of see it. But uh, we get into round one, and right off the bat, I noticed something. They ask the question where the answer, uh, it's, it's it's sis sis siths um don't I can't even remember the, the quote I'll be totally honest with you uh, where the answers were absolutes like they don't meddle in absolutes whatever it was I I don't know I'm not I'm not super heavy Star Wars crazy like some of these others and I honestly forgot what the what the question uh, specifically said again quotes questions how specific should you be and here's one right here. Um, he said absolute, he, cause he had, and he wrote it down, absolute, with no S. And she wrote absolutes. And the answer is absolutes. But nobody fought it. You know, there was no challenge, nothing. They were both given the point, um, and he shouldn't have gotten it right. Now, would this have changed the outcome of the match? No, it wouldn't have. But it's still, this is one of those things that they need to, if they're going to be sticklers for stuff like this, they need to be sticklers for it then and and catch stuff like this. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, the managers never caught it, is what it is. Uh, Mark wind up uh, distracting Christian at one point, causing him to totally miss the countdown because they for these live matches they have this the 15 second countdown now and i don't remember what they were talking about but they he was chatting with with mark and it, it counted down to zero and then christian's like oh 
five, and he did five, four, and he counted it down. So essentially, they all they both got an extra five seconds. They didn't need it. They were both ready to go. But I, I just thought it was funny. So it's like seeing an actual countdown clock. You kind of understand that sometimes people get more time than others because Christian, you know, he's just kind of doing his own thing sometimes. Um, and I think having the countdown clock, especially after that time, he didn't. I don't think he messed it up after that i think you realize that okay i gotta as soon as it hits five i gotta start that countdown i gotta, I gotta be on top of this um and speaking of the countdown timer for some weird reason when question eight popped up there was no countdown time i don't know what happened i don't know who starts it uh i remember when it first came up christian was surprised that it was even there uh, I, I don't know who controls it but but we got a perfect round from both molly and uh andrew molly did miss her bonus question though um, but here's the thing. If, if, if they had challenged that first question, Molly would have been the one with the perfect round. Andrew would have not had a perfect round and therefore would not have been able to answer and get that bonus question. So he would have actually been two points lower and Molly would have been in the lead coming out of round one. But because that didn't happen, uh, round one ends 11 to 10 in favor of, uh, Andrew DiMolanta and we get into round number two. Andrew goes on and spins Return of the Jedi. He's confident in that, and he sticks. I don't know if I've seen him spin away yet. You know, he he's confident. I think in pretty. I don't know if he's got any real weaknesses, really, uh, as we saw with that match against Scrimshaw. And even here, he does exceptionally well. He knows his he knows his shit. So we get into question number one. And when he's answering the question, he says the correct answer. Now, there's a lot of controversy, a whole lot of controversy over this, okay? Um, I think the answer was like, Tyrium? Something like that. Ended, no matter what, it ended with an M. And if you watch the, the video, he says the correct answer because the letter M and the letter N, when, they, when, when they're spoke... Your lips make different shapes, different movements. You know, Tyrion, they touch with an M. Tyrion, they don't touch when you say the N, but they do with an M. And his lips touched when he said Tyrion. So he says the correct answer. No matter, I don't, I, I do not care what anybody says. I saw on, on Facebook Brandon Hanna trying to say that he said N. No, he didn't. Sorry, guy, he did not say N. He said M. But, unfortunately, he did spell it with an N. And I agree with, with Tom when, he, when he, he challenges it and he says that, you know, he, he doesn't like the fact that he, that he had to say he wasn't able to uh, use a whiteboard to spell it. They didn't say, okay, get a piece of paper, write it out for us, and I want to see how you spell it. He had to sit there in the moment and, and think and try to try to figure out this. And it's not like it's necessarily an easy word to spell. He got he obviously got jumbled up in his head and he said the wrong letter. Because he said he speaks it with an M when he says the actual word. But then he unfortunately spells it incorrectly. So and you know, it, it is what it is. They they lose the challenge. It, I mean, unfortunately, it's just the way it goes. Fortunately, it doesn't affect the outcome again. It does, you know, but stuff like that can affect an outcome. Now, I don't know if if Christian was uh, distracted or what, but you know, Tyrion, Tyrion saying it they do sound similar okay now christian's the one who wanted more like he wanted it repeated back so and that's something that he doesn't do often he should have i agree with tom he should have said okay grab something to write on and spell it out that way gave him you know a certain amount of seconds maybe five to ten seconds to write it out and there you go and this might have been different you know, he might have actually had a perfect round two. 
You know, he would have had two perfect rounds then. Um, even though technically that very first question is incorrect. On the books, perfect round. Um, so, his round, he gets eight points. One, that one miss. Uh, and Molly gets that two-point steal. That's a, you know, that could have really, that's a four-point swing total, you know. He loses those two and she goes up those two. That's a big difference here. Um, so, it, it's it's huge. So Molly goes and she spins uh, a new hope. Now, she didn't look like she wanted it and she respins. I was shocked by this. Um, I mean, it's a new hope. It's 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 classic. It's one of the best Star Wars movies that there is. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe she's not the biggest fan of that specific uh, chapter of this saga, uh, this specific episode. But I was a little shocked, like. Because she re-spins and lands on Phantom Menace. And if it was the other way around, I could be like, I could understand someone not necessarily wanting to deal with, like, to kind of go through Phantom Menace questions. I don't know. But I was I was surprised that she re-spun away from, from A New Hope. But like I said, she gets Phantom Menace, and she does really well in this. She gets eight points out of ten. Misses, uh, she, she misses once. Um, she goes multiple choice, misses it. And Andrew only gets a one point steal, so it's not like it's it's terrible. Um, she it's not like that that big two pointer steal. And at the end of round two, it's a twenty twenty tie. Now, if that first question of Andrews uh, in round two had gone a different way, had gone you know, if if it had been counted, because he like I said, he says the correct answer right off the bat. Um, and if it had gone his way, we're talking about a four point swing there we're talking a 22 to 18 game coming out of round two you know and which makes it a lot harder for molly to actually get what she needs to get and it would have wound up being a, a tko you know so it actually that call actually cost the uh cost the finstock exchange a faction point because it would have been a TKO. That's that's unfortunately not what happened for them. Not what happened. Uh, we get into round three. Molly gets her two pointer, uh, and then winds up missing her three pointer. It was close, but uh, or no, she she yeah she got her two, missed her three, um, and it, but like I said, she, it was real close. Best men, best troops. Real, you know, she she was in the ballpark. Obviously, it's not correct. But, you know, she, so you can tell she has a lot of this knowledge, but she needs to kind of laser focus a bit more um, when when she's studying, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it is that she would need to do. I've never done studying for something like this, so I don't know what the techniques would be, uh, but I feel like I've noticed that a few times throughout her uh, few matches that she's had that sometimes she's not the the focus on the answer isn't quite as as there uh, like with that shield generator question uh in her match against adam witt stuff like that um then she goes on and misses her five and and that that's what gives andrew the win but like i said if if andrew had gotten that that question correct if they had been awarded those points it would have been twenty-two to twenty or twenty-two to eighteen going into round three. She would have gotten her two-pointer, so it would have been twenty-two to twenty. She would have missed her three and five TKO right there. You know, Andrew would have never had to have even uh, answered uh, any questions at all. It wouldn't have mattered, and that that's just that's that's where it would have been. Um, but twenty-five to twenty-two, uh, and the Finstock Exchange gets three extra points. Uh, they're just raising up in, in the ranks here. You know, they are clutching on to that number one spot and not letting go. They're so far ahead of uh, pretty much everybody else right now. It's 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 crazy. Uh, and at the end of the, of the episode, um, I'll show the, the finalized faction standings, all the points uh, and everything like that. Thank you to uh, whoever does the, the actual physical graphics. I don't know if it's uh, Eric from uh, Nerd Chronic, if he does like those uh, graphics or, or what, or who winds up doing them. But I, I love these graphics, and they put them at the end of the episode, so I was able to get a screenshot, a nice clean screenshot of the faction standings as where they stand uh, at the end of the final match. 
Uh, so with these Twitch, these live Twitch Star Wars matches, they do a Q and A at the end with the winner, which is really cool. I really, I really dig. It's like about a half an hour, um, and this is where Harloff stated that there was going to be a new speed round that I talked about at the top of the show. You know, the ten questions, sixty seconds to answer, and I think that's. It's really, really interesting, and I really am excited to see where it goes. And this is also where he announced the whole uh, the tournament winner being facing Damon at Spectacular. And again, I think that's a long ways to wait, man. I understand you want to do it uh, in a big setting, and ho- you're hoping that by December you might be able to do a live show or something bigger, you know, maybe an in-studio show even. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that all shakes out. Alright, so, we get into our next match, and that is Emily Rose Jacobson versus Eric Zipper, an Inner Geekdom Round 1 tournament match. Again, uh, Eric Zipper is, he's a, he's a fucking beast, man. Uh, I'll be honest, underestimated him. Um, I know a lot of people, there's been a lot of, like, weird hate toward Emily over the last couple of days and I understand that she didn't do great she really didn't um I had a lot of faith in her I was really hoping that she could pull it off because you know you saw that match against that she had against Winston and it was you know an eight point win like she won with only eight points that's not a good yes it's a win but it's not it's not a great look when you're going stats wise um, now, again, not great points-wise here for, for this match. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if, you know, if she's, because she, she talks about at the end how she does want that title. But the thing is, you gotta be, you gotta be dedicated. You gotta really hit the, the studying hard, and you gotta have a regimen and really watch these movies and if she can't, if she's not able to do that, uh, you know, she may just wind up being, you know, a casual IG player. Like, I love seeing her play. I love, she's a fantastic personality. She's so fun and cool and to, to watch. Um, but unfortunately, her performances haven't been that great. And I'm hoping to see, you know, obviously she did better. She definitely did better at this. And if she can continue to, to grow her knowledge and, and her skill set, uh, and make it kind of blossom out. Uh, no, again, no pun intended, since she is the rose. Um, I think she could, you know, at some point, be a force. Now, last week on on backstage, Roka talked about, you know, if if you're taking someone kind of fresh, it might take a year to learn IG, like to really get like championship level IG. She's somebody I'd like. To see, kind of go through this, this sort of almost like energy geekdom boot camp thing that he kind of talks about, uh, to see how good she can get because I think she has the potential, I really do. Um, it's just unfortunately it hasn't really seen it uh, all that much throughout these uh, couple matches that she's had. I'm um, so okay. So this match, Emily Rose Jacobson, Eric Zipper. It's Finstock Exchange versus the Dungeon. Opens up with the scene with uh, Kaiser calling Zipper to give him a pop quiz. And then they just start talking about, you know, kind of what they're going to do. Um, I've kind of really missed these these scenes. We haven't gotten much of stuff like this. You know, we get like the promos, but we haven't really gotten opening scenes or ending scenes uh, much since the pandemic and the whole virtual thing. So I'm really... Dig, I really dig that they did this. I hope we get to see a little bit more stuff like this uh, in the future. Because uh, that, again, that's something that I, I did really miss. Um, and it, it, the the scene ends with Zipper saying, "God, that guy is nuts, but he, he knows how to win." And my, my first reaction to this was, "Does he though?" No offense, Kaiser. Um, but seeing as going into this match, the dungeon was one in six. For their matches in 2020, it's not not looking good. You guys were in last place coming into this match. Now, yes, you moved up in the rank a, a couple spots. 
uh, after this match. Unfortunately for you, as we'll see later on, you move back down a little bit too. But um, I, I don't know what it is. You know, uh, it's, I think you just had some bad luck, really. But you gotta, you got, you can't just bank on IG. You know, you got, you got Robert Parker. You've got obviously Zipper. He, he's he's He's, he's doing real well. And you've got Smets. Now, once this IG tourney is over, and you go into teams and singles, you got to hope that these guys can also do that. Now, Zipper, you know, I think Zipper will be one of the one of the focuses, especially in the teams division. Um, and, and, and possibly in the singles. You know, we'll see. But I, I really, I, I don't know. I feel worried, I guess you could say, for uh, what uh, Kaiser's got going on, but we will see. Never, never count him out, because uh, I'm sure he could pull something off if need be. All right, so uh, Finstock came back in this. Uh, you know, Tom Dagnino brought out the mask. Uh, Kaiser and Finstock they work great off one another. Uh, you know, they're they're friends, so it, it's fun watching them kind of banter back and forth and and do their own thing. And uh, both. Emily and Eric seem to have gotten better on the mic, which is great to see as well. You know, that's one of the things, as being a huge wrestling fan, is I look a lot at mic skills. Not just, you know, in-ring talent. You know, you can, you could be a mediocre player, okay? But if you've got amazing mic skills, you're going to pop on screen. You know what I mean? People are going to remember you. And... So that, that's something that I, I always kind of look for when I'm when I'm watching these, these matches and see how well they're doing. Like Brandon Hanna, for instance, when he did that first like kind of heel promo that he posted online, I didn't think it was great. Um, it was okay, I, and I applaud him for giving the effort, but I really didn't think it was all that good. But then he did another one, and you could see the growth. You could see it, that he was learning. Um, and, and his mic skills were, were growing from there. And so I appreciate uh, that, even though I'm not a big fan of his character right now. So, round one, uh, Zipper does real well here, I think. Um, Emily, not so much. She has a real rough, rough round. Uh, eight to four. That's not good. Like, like I said, Zipper did, did pretty good. Eight points. Um, may want to shore up some... Some uh, kind of weaknesses there, some blind spots that you have, but four points ain't gonna cut it. And unfortunately, this this is not the end of that story. Uh, it continues into round two, and unfortunately for Emily, she does just as bad in round two. Uh, so Eric defers since he was in the lead. Emily spins. Who said it? And rightfully so, respins and lands on Spinner's choice. You know, this is exactly what you would want, especially if you're four points behind. If you had such a, if you had a bad round, Spinner's Choice, man, you get to choose what you want. She goes with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I don't, I don't know what her normal knowledge is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but if I didn't know anything else, I would think that why the hell did you pick that? You know what I mean? Um, four out of ten points. She went to multiple choice four times uh and zipper wound up getting two one point steals uh from her misses that's 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 not good you know coming out of coming out of her portion of round two she's still behind and eric has a spin left and he goes up he spins uh opponent's choice so you're like okay maybe this will help her out she picks middle earth whoo not a good choice um again not good. In the words of the dude from uh, Indiana Jones, she chose poorly. Yes. Um, yeah, my, my thought process was either pick who said it or scores and soundtracks, you know. Um, I don't know how he is with scores and soundtracks, so maybe he would have been great with that. But I feel like who said it, it's so broad that it might have tripped him up a little bit here and there. And he may have missed some or at least had to go to multiple choice more, maybe. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think, obviously he's, he's good. <laughs> he, he got eight out of 10 points. He only missed once with going multiple choice. 
and Emily did get a one point steal off of it, but it, that one point steal, it, it it didn't really do a whole lot. Um, I mean, it, even the one point steal didn't prevent her from getting the, the knockout. It, it him getting it wrong prevented the knockout because uh, it was eighteen to nine. If she hadn't gotten that one point steal, it would have been eighteen to eight. So it just would have still been a ten point, but it wouldn't have been a knockout. 18-9 to nine going into the final round. Nine points. And I don't, I, I got to say, ask, you got to have to ask Frank Janish, but I'm confident that there's nobody who's ever done a comeback from nine points. Like, I don't think it's possible. I mean, <laughs> unless you suddenly get all the knowledge in the world and get all three of your questions and they get none of them, it's literally the only way you can win. Anyways. Emily hits her two and misses her three, and that's the end of the game right there. TKO, uh, 18 to 11 in favor of Eric Zipper, and the dungeon picks up four big points here. That TKO got them that extra point, and that is huge. That took the dungeon up some spots. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, uh, or not the, yeah, that, that took them up some spots. Um, and, Eric goes on to face the winner of Mike Kalinowski versus Greg Elba. Uh, they, I don't know, man. The, the dungeon winds up pushing usual suspects and corruption down, to, you know, down a spot each. Um, he, so the dungeon goes up to seventh, pushes corruption uh, down into last place. So, so usual suspects in eighth place. That's rough, you know. Um, you look at a team like Corruption, you think, well, shit, how are they in last place? But somebody's got to be in last place. You know, that's just kind of the way it is. And uh, when we get to the end, um, I got some my, some stats of my own that I'm going to kind of talk a little bit and go over and uh, kind of show you uh, what's going to happen with that last place spot because uh, I find it pretty pretty interesting, at least for a little while for right now. Uh, and I gotta say, Gucci, professional, man. Real professional. Never once made Emily feel bad. Unlike what happened with Brandon Hanna and Ken Knapsack, Gucci is a professional here. You know, real classy. Never once makes Emily feel bad for that loss, and I love that about him. Alright, so we are gonna get into our final match of the night, and that is Paul Oyama versus Chance Ellison, inner geekdom round one match. This the feud continues here, guys. The feud continues. Two former champions, one uh, world heavyweight champ, one the uh, tag team champ, going at it again. These guys had a feud stretching all the way back to the fan leagues. They came in, had you know that feud grew. Uh, they faced each other in the singles league. And Paul took out Chance, and now Chance gets uh, you know his opportunity to get his revenge. Uh, I guess you could say. Um, and speaking of Paul, I, I gotta say his character shift or attitude shift, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's probably a little bit of both, really, uh, has been fantastic. I hated Paul Oyama last season. Fan, big fan of the, the guy himself, either. Um, because from what I've heard backstage, wasn't the greatest guy. You know, he was kind of a, kind of a d bag. But he's his character has changed, and again, what I've heard, his attitude backstage has changed as well. And he's kind of realized that the things that he was doing, not cool. And I love where he's gone from here. And I actually find myself rooting for him now. And that's huge, I think. So keep that up, Paul. Don't don't change that. Um, I, I want to see face Paul. Just keep going, because when you were a heel, you were just your turn. You you were Brandon Hanna, but a little bit worse, I think, at that time. But I, I'd say stay where stay stay with what you're doing. I'm I'm really I'm really digging. It. I'm really digging it. Um, so this match is a must win for for corruption um a win here would take them 
out of last place and back over uh, and back over the dungeon and give the chance his first win in Inner Geekdom. And it would give him hit a win over uh, Apollo Yama. So it's a huge, huge amount of pressure for Chance and for uh, Corruption as a faction. Because a lot is riding on this match. So we get into round number one. And they're just going back and forth, going back and forth. Bam, 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 bam. We get to question number eight. The question asks, essentially, what was written on Harley Quinn's shirt in Suicide Squad? Now, if you look up a picture, or if you've seen the movie enough times and just happen to know, her shirt says, Daddy's Lil, L-I-L, Monster. Now, Chance answers first, and he says, Daddy's Little, spells out the word little, monster. And Christian accepts that. Then you see Paul kind of like thinking, oh shit, you know, man, I, I fucking got it wrong. And he's like, I, I don't know if, you, if you'll accept this, but I put uh, daddy's little monster. And Christian accepts it. But da- Paul had the right answer. You know, this is like the, the Demolanta Molly Damon match. That very first question, you know, between absolute and absolutes, absolutes is the correct answer. Absolute is not, but they both got the answer. Daddy's little monster is the answer, and it's specific. It's this is almost like that quote specific thing I've been talking about. Uh, but it specifically says what was written on her shirt. Nowhere on that shirt does the word little appear. There's no T's or E's in that word. It's L I L. That's what's written, physically written on that shirt. That's what the answer is. And that's what the answer should have been. Um, now, that's on Christian for accepting that answer off of chance in the first place. And I'm curious what would have happened if it had been reversed. If Paul had answered first with Daddy's Little Monster. And then Chance had answered second with Daddy's Little Monster. I'm curious what would have happened there. I don't know. But nobody challenged it again. I, I don't know where Winston was on this. I, I don't know if he's just not good, like not, not that knowledgeable on some of the DCEU type stuff. I don't know. Or maybe it's just specifically that question. Just he Maybe he didn't know. But seeing the two different answers and seeing Paul's reaction should have triggered something to be like, well, wait, wait, wait which one is actually correct? And can and I challenge it? That's what you need to do as a manager. Because if he had challenged it, I don't see a reason why it wouldn't have been upheld, like or why it wouldn't have not been upheld. Um, and if they had struck down that challenge, I would have been pissed. But nobody challenged it, and so it just it is what it is. Um, I don't. I mean, it could have actually. I mean, it, this could have altered the uh, the game, the end of the game. And when we get to the to the end of end of uh, round three. I will kind of dive a little bit more into why, but this whole shenanigan of it could have actually uh, altered the game, altered who won the game. So, But they both get perfect rounds with this, and uh, they both hit their bonus going into round two, 11 to 11. Chance spins Star Trek. Uh, not quite feeling it. He's, you know, he doesn't say he, he doesn't want it. It's just like he'd prefer something else. Okay. Uh, he respins and lands on Middle Earth. And he does okay here. Uh, gets 7 out of 10. Uh, goes multiple choice a couple of times. Misses once. Paul gets a one-point steal. Okay, not great. But then Paul goes and spins Middle Earth. So he has to, he has to respin uh, on this. And lands on opponent's choice and uh after you know slight bit of deliberation uh they give him star wars now i was unsure about this um now i do understand that typically star wars questions have been deeper cut but ever since they decided for this season to start uh recycling old questions they're not quite as bad but unfortunately for paul he seemed to get some of the some of the worst ones. All right, so he gets four out of ten questions. 
uh, three multiple choice he goes, misses two questions, and Chance winds up with three points in steals. That's huge for Chance. A huge, huge, huge. Takes a five-point lead coming out of uh, round two, 21 to 16 in favor of Chance Ellison. I... Uh, man, that was such a that was such a, a harsh round. Um, if Paul had gotten pretty much anything else, he probably would have done pretty well uh, in that round. But it is what it is, you know. You can't you can't change the past. I suppose you can bitch about the past, but you can't change the past. So we get into round three, and Paul hits his two and his three. Chance gets his two, uh, and so right there. When Chan- when Paul gets his two and a three, it ties up the game. Okay, so right there, Paul is out of TKO range, you know, at least preventing uh, corruption from getting an extra point. So th- that that's good there. Um, so like I said, then Chance gets that two, and so then it's on Paul to get his five-point question uh, to at least force Chance to answer more, more questions. And unfortunately for him, he was unable to do that and uh chance wins the game 23 to 21 uh but i i want to mention like i said i want to go back and mention that question real quick because if it had been called correctly or if a challenge had been made and won as it should have at this point after answering after chance with a two-pointer and all that the game would have been tied, okay? So Chance would have had two points less here. It would have been uh, 21 to 21, and Chance would have had would have been forced to at least answer one more question. And who knows what would have happened, you know? It's very possible that Chance would miss his three and five. I've seen people, I've seen great competitors miss all three of their round three questions. It happens. It happens to the best of them, you know? Um, so you never know what would have happened. This theoretically could have altered the, the ending of this match. They could have gone to sudden death. And maybe Paul would be the one who is walking away with a win. Who knows? But that's not what happened, unfortunately. Uh, and so Corruption gets uh, three points coming out of this, moving them from last place up to seventh. So they overtake the dungeon right there, uh, taking that spot back and moving uh, the usual suspects down into final uh, into the final spot. So that wraps up all of the matches for the night. Uh, I want to go over the brackets real quick, um, and then I'm going to jump into the standings. All right. So we have got right here the Star Wars tournament. As you can see, Andrew DiMolanta moving on to uh, next week's, uh, um, or yeah, to no, not to next week's, but uh, in two weeks to face off against the winner of next week's match, Laura Kelly versus Andres Cabrera. So that's going to be, I think that'll be a good match. You know, Andres has gotten better each time he's he's competed. Uh, and so I, I'm interested to see what happens here. Um, out of this, whoever wins the Laura Kelly Andres Cabrera match, that person will be the second person to ever get three wins in a, in Star Wars. Um, at this point, Alex Damon is the only one. He's got five right now. So. If, well, it's not an if, whoever wins will be the first person since Alex Damon to get three wins uh, in the Star Wars League. And then we'll be going on to that final match on uh, July 8th. And I'm rooting for Laura Kelly all the way. Uh, And then if Laura Kelly goes on to beat Alex Damon, then she, she will be the second person. To have five wins in Star Wars, so that's where that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, see Laura Kelly kind of get to that level of Alex Damon, you know. Have, have, I, I just think it would be fantastic. All right, and then we've got the Inner Geekdom uh, 
tournament bracket. I believe last week I uh, had uh, the wrong person uh, in the winning slot for Janine and, and John Humphrey. When I was looking over uh, the old bracket, I was like, why is Janine's on here? She didn't win that match. So uh, I apologize if, if you guys were watching and saw that and super confused as to why I had Janine on there. But that I think I accidentally put her on there uh, when it was actually John Humphrey. Uh, so, you know, this week we saw Chance Ellison and uh, Eric Zipper take home uh, these matches. And uh, so next week we get Robert Parker versus Ben Goddard and Mike Kalinowski versus Greg Elba. I am pretty excited for what we got going on here. So, you know, three matches next week. We've got Laura Kelly versus Andres Cabrera, Robert Parker versus Ben Goddard, and Mike Kalinowski versus Greg Elba. It's going to be great stuff. Um, you know, just seeing who winds up in the final, in the Elite Eight, as they call it. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, hop on to, uh, you know, any of the social medias real quick. Uh, like right down here, you can see right down there. Follow me on Twitter, at MovieBlogMerk. You can uh, hop into the chat of the YouTube stream or the video after the fact, if you're watching it after the fact. Uh, and let me know, who do you want to win next week? You know, like I said, you got Laura Kelly and Andres Cabrera. For me, my pick is uh, Laura Kelly. Then you got Robert Parker and Ben Goddard. Personally, I'm hoping for Ben Goddard. Uh, I think Ben is going to have... He it's going to be it's not going to be easy. I'll say it that way. Uh, Robert Parker in that first match he he demolished, but he's had one match ever in this league in any league in the showdown. Ben has just been he's three leagues wins and all. I think he's like four. He's undefeated right now four and zero. Oh, I think um, this guy he he's he's got it. Uh, he he's this is why I want to see Ben move forward here. Um, and then between Mike and Greg, I love Greg, and I think it would be really interesting to see him move on, but Mike is who I got my money on for this one. Uh, Mike, he is, uh, he is a power player in the inner geekdom, so, uh, but don't, don't sleep on Greg, man. He, he could definitely pull this out. You, you never, you never know what is, uh, is gonna happen. Um, and so I'm gonna to get into the faction standings real quick here. So... Uh, leading the pack, of course, is the Finstock Exchange with 25 points, 9 points ahead of Swag, who is in 2nd place and with 16. And then following right behind them in 3rd is the Den with 15 points. And then uh, we've got the Burning Droogs, the Quirky Mercs, and the Rockstars, uh, all with 9 points. Uh, Corruption and the Dungeon tied with 8. And uh, the Usual Suspects in last place with 7 points now if you're wondering okay well how do they choose you know who's you know you got three people with nine points how do they choose well it's all based on your uh, matches played and your your like win rate so if you look at burning drews and quirky mercs they both have played seven matches but the droogs have won four of those matches and then if you look at corruption in the dungeon corruption has won seven or has played uh, seven and won three, whereas the dungeon has played eight and only won two, even though they've got the same scores. So, you know, you kind of see it that way. Yes, the dungeon has gotten, uh, KOs, you know, K TKOs, KOs for both those matches, so that's how they've gotten so many points in just two matches. But because of that win rate, that's what drops them down below corruption. Now, uh, I said that there was a little something I wanted to kind of go over when it comes to this faction standing. You see the usual suspects in bottom place here with seven points. Okay, so you come over. Molly Damon was the Star Wars competitor for the usual suspects, and she is no longer in the tournament. And then you come over to the Inner Geekdom, and you had Janine the Machine and Jen Kemp who were uh, the usual suspects, and both of them are now out of the tournaments. So, until these tournaments are over, the usual suspects is done. Until teams and and singles or whatever do their thing. Um, 
the I think the next time the usual suspects has anything probably will be that John Roca versus uh, uh, Ethan Irwin match with Ethan. I believe that's probably going to be the next time that they have an opportunity to gain any points. But for the, probably the next month, usual suspects are going to be sitting at the bottom while some of these other teams are just racking up points, unfortunately. So hopefully for uh, the usual suspects, they'll be able to get some traction in the other tournaments going forward. Uh, so coming up next week, like I said, we have got Laura Kelly versus Andres Cabrera. We have got uh, Mike Kalinowski versus Greg Elba and Robert Parker versus Ben Goddard. Uh, we've got some other stuff coming up soon ish. I'm not sure of the exact times. We've got the 36 player singles tournament. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to have some play in matches. And then, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to break down to, to 32 in the end after the play in matches. Uh, then we've also got Roker versus Ethan Irwin in the number one contenders match coming up. Um, they're, like I said, they're aiming for July 31st. Uh, at some point, we're going to get Ben Bateman in his number one contender match. Again, not sure when, but, you know, probably within the next month or so, uh, we'll see that. And then also next month, uh, July 18th and 19th, is the Skybound Expo. Um, now, Harloff uh, announced that he will be doing some hosting. For, I don't know if he's hosting like the entire event or what exactly his hosting duties will uh, entail. But he's going to be doing some hosting at the Skybound Expo. And there will be a, a Schmodown match taking place at this Expo. Uh, they haven't, I don't think they've announced the exact day. But like I said, this Expo is on the 18th and 19th of next month. So keep an eye out for that. I'm sure that they will uh, talk more about it. Um, so that's it for this episode of Talk and Schmodown. Thank you so much. Episode number uh, 47. Uh, it's been great getting back. Uh, I've been loving doing the live thing. It's really cool. I get nervous every time I, I get ready to hit that, that, that go live button, but uh, I've been really enjoying doing it. So uh, thank you, everybody who's popped in. I've seen some, some viewers popping in and out throughout the hour uh, that I've been on. And I just want to say... Thank you, thank you so much for everybody who has uh, supported me in the past and in the present. And uh, I just, I, I love all of you guys. And I hope that uh, I'm giving you something worth watching, you know. If you got any ideas or, or anything, you, you want to you wanna reach out to me, any anything. Uh, Twitter, I am most active on this Twitter right here, which is uh, at MovieBlogMerk. It is the official Merk with a Movie Blog Twitter page. Um, I post stuff regularly on there pretty much daily i'm doing stuff uh at this point i didn't used to be into twitter but uh, I've, I've really kind of gotten into uh, twitter you can you can also reach me on my personal twitter that's at jp rayner that's j-p-r-a-y-n-o-r i'm not quite as active on there but i always check it i don't always post stuff on it but i will always uh check it so uh yeah you can always do stuff like that um be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's Merc with a Movie Blog. Go over there, hit that subscribe button, hit that little bell so uh, you know when things are popping up, like these live streams. I'm going to start doing uh, movie review, uh, movie reviews and stuff like that um, as well. Um, also, check out the Anchor feed. That's anchor.fm slash movieblogmerc. Uh, you've got all kinds of shows there. We've got an SCN Live After Show called After uh, uh, SCN After Live. It's, uh, it's a take on our old... Uh, Afterlife brand, which was a Collider Live after show, and when that ended, uh, you know, we when SCN started, I should say, we uh, decided to make a spinoff, SCN Afterlife. Uh, Jay Wade over there doing all kinds of stuff, talking about uh, everything that's going on on SCN Live. Uh, he talks some Schmodown stuff. He has guests on there, uh, you know, like Hotel Nerd. He's had um, Winston Marshall's been on there, Kate Mulligan, uh, all kinds of of Schmodown personalities have been there Saul he's been a regular on there quite a few times so definitely check that out um, if you're into uh, you know the bachelor and bachelorette we got a, a podcast for that too it's called go get that rose uh, it's got um, Sarah and Jay Wade is on there and also um, uh, Kristen who is uh, uh, Winston Marshall's girlfriend she uh, did uh, one of our spinoff uh, season one of the the bachelor spinoff seasons um, I think it was uh, Listen to Your Heart, I believe was the name of it. 
And uh, so she was on there with Sarah covering that. So that was really fun. Uh, we also have a video game podcast, which is called uh, Game Over Screen. So check that out. Uh, and also we've got Beyond the Screen, which is kind of like our own version of like an SEN Live type or a Collider Live type of show where uh, Mike, Sean, and, and Sarah just kind of get together, shoot the shit about whatever's going on, whatever the hell they want to talk about. Uh, we also do a Harry Potter uh, review show called Through the Port Key, where they, uh, where Sean and uh, Kaylin and Sarah sometimes is where they uh, review. They've been doing the movies. I think we've got four episodes out right now. And uh, when the new season comes out, we'll be bringing back our Mandalorian review show as well. And uh, me and my brother uh, have a podcast called Off the Ropes. Uh, I have it has its own anchor feed, but I do cross promote onto this feed. Uh, it's Off the Ropes with John and Josh. It's a wrestling podcast. Uh, I we just recorded an episode last night, which will be going up sometime uh, soon, uh, probably tomorrow. I'm going to try. I think I just got to edit a little bit more of it, and then uh, that should be up there. You can check out that anchor feed uh, at anchor.fm slash off the ropes jj. So it's off the ropes with John and Josh. So two J's. Uh, so yeah, whole lot of stuff thrown at you. Again, Twitter at Movie blog Merc right there. Do, 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 do. Make sure to check out that. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much again for uh, joining me t- today. And I, I, this show wouldn't be the same without you guys. So once again, uh, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>